fucking cat. This thing is up my ass constantly. <laughs> All right, we're recording. This is the long overdue episode of Nate Harvey. This is like the the second time we've recorded this. <laughs> For those who don't know, we recorded this prior to Swiss, uh, and it's now fucking halfway through December. So <laughs> we're back. <laughs> We're 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 doing the thing, man. Nate, how are you, man? Good. Uh, like we said, I'm just we're just thawing out from this last snowfall, but other than that, I can't complain. Yeah, the amount of snow that doesn't even, you said it's like sixty inches, seventy something inches. How much did you end up getting? We got it's at my house. We got like sixty in our in the our little town or whatever you guys, I guess you want to call it, and then like. 10 minutes down the road they got so it's it's really like, weird and then like, 20 minutes north they got how, 24 inches now how long did that snow take to fall like was it a couple days like what what was the what was the duration uh we got about i think it was like 49 over 60. So you just, it just get Jeez. dumped on. They, um, so they'll like, and I got a little pissed off and I was talking shit at night. There was no snow at all. And they closed down like all the schools for Friday, you know? And I, of course I go online and <laughs> like, there's no snow and you're shutting everything down. And then, you know, <laughs> Friday afternoon, it's waist deep in the road. It just, it comes down so quick. They can't really keep up. So it's, no, it so and now you've been in that area, you've been in New York for or Buffalo area for your entire life. About an hour south of here, down kind of in the corner of the state, like out in the yeah. woods. Started my grad work and stuff. Uh, you know, for exes, we moved up here and stuff. So we've been up here like Jesus, 50 something like that so yeah but general area yeah oh, basically shit. lots of snow growing up so 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 how long have you had fucking serious mental illness <laughs> That's fucking... uh as of recently more more so recently <laughs> why am i so fucking tired all the time i don't feel like doing anything uh, you know, then like last couple, and as soon as you step out of the car, it's like, whoa, <laughs> it's like summer here. You know what I mean? Your mood and every it's yeah, right. I could imagine living in Seattle or some shit like that. Oh no, no, never, never. Now, just to kind of give everybody a little bit of a recap, is the last time we hung out that was a Swiss, and that was shit. That was a quite the stretch. That was quite, quite the stretch of activity. Uh, that was, uh, I, I know how I felt after that just because there's so many moving parts, right? Like I was, I'm not even involved. Like I'm really not even involved with elite. And like, I found myself, uh, fucking neck deep in the shit with you and Goodwin and, and, and John there. And, uh, it, it was wild. That was, you've been to a lot of Swisses prior to that. How did that compare to Swiss of the past? Uh, you're muted there. You might have a notification there, popular guy. 
that better? Yeah, that's better. Good. Yeah, every time every time you get like a pop up or something, like it it like shifts you out of out of the recording. Okay. All right. It's up. Um it keeps coming up. It's like an air. Um it was like you said, it was super thank God you guys were there and like you and there was a couple other guys there helping Matt and I, they would have been brutal. I mean, it, it, like we kind of talked about earlier, it's almost like a meet. Like you're up so high all week and, and you're moving stuff, and then all during the day you're talking to people. And I'm not a huge people person, so that kind of wears on yeah. me a little bit. You know, like you know, it's cool, it's awesome talking to everybody and having people come out and stuff, but it does uh, kind of empty the gas tank a little bit. It, you know. Well, it just went up. You're right. Like, you, yeah, and it's and it is. It's it's uh, you're staying up crazy late, like setting shit up, and and then you're waking up early to set shit up more. And then it, it's it, we were both having a conversation prior to this. Is like we both got super sick, <laughs> like right after, like just like a few days after. I thought I got hit by a bus, and I was like, yeah, I'll I'll be good in a day or two. And then I just wasn't. And I'm like, oh fuck! Yeah. I think I'm old now. Like, I think I'm an old guy now. Like, I can't, might I can't have, do might have something anymore. to do with those uh, equipped benches. Oh, and squats you were doing there too, you know? Well, that was fucking stupid. That was just dumb. I and like, I, I don't know because you saw me the morning that way. What was that Saturday? I think so. It's all kind of because I was going. We were yeah. We were. Oh, it's a blur, man. It, so we went to go squat at at Elite and and. Uh, I, I was green. I was green going there that day. I was an absolute disaster and somehow managed to get through it, survived, but paid the price for like the next couple of weeks. Like, honestly, I haven't even posted anything about the meat. Dude, I bombed out on benching. I couldn't even fucking oh, get really? that damn shirt to touch. No, there I had, it was as if I had never trained for anything in my life. I wasn't ready. I was fried. I just, it's like I peaked at Swiss and then like was just riding down the next couple of weeks, just feeling like shit. And, uh, I knew you would get a kick out of that because we were talking about how fucking frustrating bench pressing is in gear yeah. and how there's so many variables and how many, so many things can go wrong. And it was the first meet that I'd been to where it's like everything fucking went wrong. Like every, there was nothing that went right. My squats felt like shit. My gear wasn't fitting. I couldn't keep, I couldn't put my weight back on. Like I had some fucking yeah. stomach thing that was fucking me up and like everything was loose fitting. And for some reason I, my partners were wrapping my fucking knees and it felt like someone was just cranking a wrench on my knee. Like nothing felt good. There was no good part of it. I wasn't ready for it. I was drained and I got my ass kicked. So that's how that goes. So <laughs> that was awful. Yeah. Now, have you had experiences like that where you just roll up to a meet and you just fucking shit the bed? I'm laughing because I've been there the way it is. <laughs> and it sucks because you spend so much time getting ready for that. What It's not like basketball where you have two games a week or whatever. That one day, and then you get there, and everything fucking sucks. Like I, I remember my last meet uh, night before, I started getting like flu aches and stuff. You know, I'm in the bed shivering, and like mm -hmm. the shit where where the sheets yep. graze over your skin and it hurts, coughing shit up. They're <laughs> fucking coughing blood up and fucking all this stuff. And 
the next day, you know, it's like I'm going up for my squat attempt. And, you know, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it, Dude, it took me, it took me three attempts to get my opener. I got yeah, my first, yeah. my first attempt. I got fucking pinned. I got pinned and I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh no, this is not going this is not going to go any better than this. Let's just uh, let's just try to fucking salvage something. But yeah, yeah, man, it wasn't in the cards. Like, it's so, I don't think people realize the amount of uh, I would say fatigue that builds up, especially in like the geared powerlifting end of things. Like that's like you're playing with weights that would fucking crush you week in week out, and like if it's something isn't lined up. You, you're not, you can't muscle fuck a weight up. You can't. <laughs> that's, that's something I learned kind of early on, like playing sports in high school and stuff. all those variables within the game where you can kind of will certain things to happen. You can kind of toughen up and say, fuck this. We're, you know, one way or another where like a powerlifting meet is more black and white. You know, if you're, mm -hmm. like you said, if your technique's off that day or whatever, it's 900 is 900. And, you know, if everything's not right, it ain't going to happen. You know, not, 900 pounds is not going to slip and you're going to catch a bar. It's fucking, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it was, I mean, I don't think I could have picked a better meat to suck at because it was at Laura's, it was Laura Phelps's meat. We had Hoff judging. It was like all the big wigs in terms of APF judging. Like the I passed a squat in like the most strict environment possible right. on the worst day ever. So that was huge. And I got through. I had I fucking took three bench attempts. And Hoff just looked at me at the end. He goes, "I am so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry." Like it was, he just saw it. Like saw me get my ass kicked all day and i just yeah. kind of kept i'm like all right fuck it we're gonna see how this goes see how this goes and i just kept putting weight on the bar for the bench because it got better as i put more weight on right like it, it got a little bit smoother the shirt didn't fight me as much but man by that third attempt i had fucking just nothing nothing in the tank and i just quietly walked over like the fucking <laughs> stupid looking t-rex i am in my bench shirt and i just put my shit away and i i wanted to put a for sale sign on everything oh yeah and just fucking be done with it and oh like, yeah and, it, and that shit haunts you right like that you have to then now i have to bring all that gear to the airport now i have to fucking fly with that shit and now i have to bring it all fucking home and it, i just threw that shit in my closet i'm like i don't fucking see this shit ever again yeah that's uh, i i the one meet I uh, was in, uh, it was at JL's place, and it was like, I think the first year they had the qualifier for, mm -hmm. and basically all I had to, like, Arnold lift there was like a big goal, you know, and basically I just had to go, and if I would have just hit my openers, I probably would have qualified. So I got my squad in, mm -hmm. that didn't go real well, I might have got a second attempt, and then bench was a complete shit show. Um, in training, I had 800 to a one board. So I was like, okay, this yeah. bench should go well. First one, weight came out. My wrist wrap came off or something. One, <laughs> second one, like I did, I took seven again and I, like I blasted it up, but my, I hit, you know, so I'm like, fuck this third one going 750, you know, 
and I smoked it, but my like they said my ass came up or whatever. I had to then I had to drive home six hours, you know, at freaking midnight after that, just sitting with that the whole time. It's like what the. <laughs> I was talking to my buddy the other day. There's always this point in the meet for for me in the warm up room where I'm like starting to warm up and they're starting to bar a little bit, and I have this moment where I'm like, "What the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I fucking putting myself through this? You know what I mean?" <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. "Yeah," but I had to I had to have that whole that conversation for six hours on the way home. You know, like, motherfucker, I just spent all this. and you fucking feel sorry for yourself and then two days later you're back in the gym let's go (laughs) uh well it's funny because like a like a week after that um i think i'm getting my timeline kind of fucked up so there was a meet going on and and, and myself and sarah went up and uh we were helping some we were just kind of there like we were just kind of floating around and uh it was actually at murph's gym and so that it's yeah so there was one guy there competing in in the uh like an f8 band shirt and he was the only one there competing in that and there was like only a handful of multiply people there i was just kind of there to because i've i kind of know the people that were competing and i wanted to make sure that uh you know i just it was a fun time and there i was like shortly after or shortly around that time being so fucking frustrated with this shit now i'm in a position where i'm like helping somebody else avoid the chaos of fucking up (laughs) (laughs) at a meet right and it was just like that was the moment i was just like oh i really do like this shit like and this is fucking really fun and it i just had a shitty meet but but man it when you're in it there's fucking nothing worse than being in that shit that like you want to just crawl under a rock it's like i just want (laughs) to die here this is fine there was there was fine. one other so you're giving me uh, PTSD. There was one other meet where like training was going well, like all my all my squat training. I should have been able to go to this meet and hit a thousand. That was like that was a goal for quite a while. And I went and um, opened around nine. And I first one felt like shit. Didn't get it. Second one, I like fell forward. Oh, I see what you mean about the, uh, yeah, no, yeah. That, that pop-up that comes up. I saw that. Yeah. There. Yeah. Is don't worry good? about it yet. Yeah. You know, okay. you're good. You're good. So, and then like second one, uh, we added a little bit of weight. Cause I think the first one I have trouble getting depth was part of the issue. It was yep. like maybe nine forty. The second one, um, I fell forward with it and <laughs> I even said the weight I was like coming forward and I go help instead of saying take it I was like fucking help <laughs> and, my, <laughs> and my daughter even heard me and fucking called me out on it later she's like you 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 almost fell yeah, like yeah thanks and then the third one it was like a 10 second grind and I just like it almost killed me so I was like I was you know it was like you said like everything was good but you get there and it's like what the hell is going on like yeah, it, it's Sorry. funny because you have that. You said help. I go nope. Like <laughs> at the bottom, I was like nope, absolutely not. Like I wasn't even gonna fuck it. Like the like the first one, I was like, all right, cool. Everything is is uh, everything feels a little heavy in the warm ups. Like I I my last warm up was like six twenty five with like light. Like I didn't even hit my suit up that tight or anything like that. And I was like, okay, right. that felt like shit so maybe throw some knee wraps on and i'll get it'll be fine my opener was like 677 
And I was like, all right, cool. I've done this. I don't know how many times I've fucking done this. And, uh, like I just get under the bar, I unrack it. And all of a sudden it's like, did they misload this? And as soon as your first thought is they, did they misload this? You're like, Oh no, I'm fucked. And I just, I took it down and I think my hamstrings touched my ankles. Like I was fucking way too deep. And I was like, Nope. (laughs) Cause I, I think the, uh, the the judging got under my skin a little bit just because like yeah. the, the depth they were calling was like really strict depth and i was shitting my pants about it because i was like oh i gotta fucking drain this yeah and i was just thinking too much about it and i ended up just being like okay uh it, that was my first two whacks at it and i was like i was like squ- i was like squatting for somebody else i wasn't just squatting how i squat yeah. if that makes sense yeah. so I was like running into this wall of like, uh, how come I can't get out of the hole? And they're like, you're going way too fucking deep. Stop (laughs) thinking about this shit. And so I was like, all right, third one, here we go. And I just squatted to what I was training at. And they're like, all right, three whites. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like if I just did that, that would have been fine. Um, Yeah. Yeah, man, it's, it's wild, but it's, it's interesting. I wanted to get your opinion on like what you would do after a meet like i i'm i'm kind of shifting away from multiply for a while i have strongman nationals in uh june out in texas so i'm kind of shifting back to the strongman focus and what i'm finding now is i was so peaked and strong in multiply and a wide stance and like doing everything for powerlifting man i had i fucking threw a yoke bar on my back and i just did like a closer stance squat I am weaker than fucking cat piss. And it's like, I want to get your opinion on how you kind of transfer back to like, I'm going to say healthier training. Cause like powerlifting peaking and all that shit, like isn't the best when it comes to overall health, dude, I, my shoulders are fucked. Like everything just feels like shit. And I'm like, <laughs> how am I supposed to rebuild this fucking jalopy? <laughs> um, it's, it's funny. You mentioned that. Cause you, I think, to me, what's really cool about the like conjugate system is we have all these different bars and variations and this and that. And I think sometimes like, especially when you're getting ready for a meet, you have to specify more or I've done myself in the past. I've kind of got locked into certain patterns because I thought I got strong because of that. So I wanted to repeat that and you kind of lose the variation and the mm-hmm. one of the to me one of the advantages of the program you know what i mean being able to be fluid and switch things in and out and i think you get kind of locked into the same stuff because you're you're scared if you stray too far from that you're going to lose a bunch of strength when in reality you know you need to keep the variation in so i do do a bunch of shit you haven't done for a while basically yeah yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of running into and it's funny when we had our training session when you were in Ohio with me and we were at Express you did a fucking what the, that was like a cambered bar bench and I was like all right fuck it I guess we're doing that but you had bands on it like it was like the uh, diabolical variation and I was like all right yeah fuck it I've been training fucking hard for blah, blah, blah. like I thought my bench was looking good my first set, I was shaking like a leaf. Like I couldn't even hold it. I was like, are we going up? Like, how are we going to add more weight to this fucking, I didn't say this at the time, but I was like, I'm going to fail. They'll have to peel this fucking bar off of my chest. But like, it it was like me and you and Bartle and we were uh, just kind of rolling through it. But I noticed like you learn it 
the more you do it. And by the end of it, like you were like, how many sets was that? I was like, I don't fucking know. All I knew is that they were getting better and better as we were going. So that variation that you had mentioned, it's something that I'm going to actually look back at your posts and like, see some of your variations that you've kind of done and throw those in because I was like, wow, I am so bad at so many things now. And now is the time to kind of fuck around and find out to see where I kind of need to progress things going, going in a different direction. But man, that was fucking humbling. When I saw you put that like micro mini on, I go, what the fuck is that going to do? And I was like, oh (laughs) shit, that did a lot. (laughs) Yeah, That's another thing too. Don't be afraid to not train like a maniac for a while. Yeah. Like we've been, we've been talking about how shitty we felt after Swiss and after your meet and stuff. Like that was a mistake I always made because like I would usually compete towards the end of summer. And then when I should have taken a month to like keep a bar off my back and chill out and all that stuff, the throwers were coming back. And a lot of times, you know, I would jump in and train with them once in a while, just because of the way the schedule worked out and stuff. And there was no fucking way, like I was going to back down, you know? So instead of when I should have had a break, I was going like pretty high intensity and high volume too. Cause I was trying to show them, Hey, you got to fucking bust your ass, you know, put in the process, putting myself through the meat grinder. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to chill out for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like you said, that bar sucks. Um, but I don't know. It was, it was, it was really cool training with some people too. Cause I've been, not that I don't have people around here I can train with, but just the way my schedule has been the last few months, I've had to just come out in the garage and do it myself. And it yeah. was really fun to like fucking get in and train with some actual people. It's yeah. amazing how motivating it can be. I kind of forgot. Well, it's like, yeah, you don't want to be the fucking jackass that sucks the worst. It's like, all right, I got to right. be a little bit better than that guy. It's like, you're this, it's like, all right, I just got to be better than Bartle. So I just got to be better than Bartle. It's like, <laughs> But yeah, man, it, it's funny that you mentioned that about uh, the throwers. I ran into that and I was talking to Travis about this, about being in a, a strength coach environment when you're competing. It's like you have your schedule of training and then you have like what your athletes are doing. And there is, I ran into this the other day. My, uh, my, my track girls were like, what's your vertical? And I'm like, motherfucker. I was like, cool. I get to do this cold. Like, that's really yeah. fun. Like, you just fucking just get on my just jump mat and just fucking blow out a hamstring. Yeah. But it, Travis was talking about how one time, I think it was either the baseball guys or the football guys, they were kind of slacking. So he had to go in and just fuck it. Like, they were struggling with like a 550 pull or something. So Travis just walked up cold as ice and pulled like 500 or 550. And then like the head coach at the time was like, ah, nice Travis. Good, good, good. And then Travis was like, I'm going to spend the rest of this lift under my desk, just recovering because everything hurts. (laughs) (laughs) So at what point in your coaching career where you were just like, all right, I can't do stupid shit. It's like, even with like my, my rowers and my track women, like I find myself, like if it's a, a fucking trap bar or a straight bar or whatever, it's like, I'm demoing things at like, I don't know it's not a ton of weight, but it adds up over the course of time. If you have to demo it over and over and over, it's like 315, 375. Like, and you're just like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, why am I putting myself out there where I can just have somebody else do it? Was there a point in your training or your coaching career where you're like, I'm fucking done trying to fucking big dick all these people 
and just I'm here for one thing, and that's to coach. Uh, it, this says waiting on host to record. Is it good on your end? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. we're good on my side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll get this one way or the other. <laughs> I'll fucking the, uh... drive to the snowy reaches of fucking Buffalo and just sit in your garage with you. I don't give a shit at this point. <laughs> um, like with the demo thing, probably a few years in, like when my trading was starting to get heavier and like I felt would spend a lot of my days feeling like shit, like I was going to fall apart from training. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I kind of figured out if I go grab that three plates cold and, you know, give it a yank, it's probably not going to be good. But like, as far as like, if I was warmed up in training, I, pr I, I didn't figure that part out. You know what I mean? Like if we were yeah, training right. and going, I was, I, it was too late when I actually figured that out. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, it was it, it, and it almost happened the other day. There was one of the the women failed with a split squat, and like we were we were doing like a concentric only, so we had chains on there, and she just failed, like left it on the safeties. And I was yeah. like, ah, I'll just fucking yoink this up. This isn't too hard. And I was like, I did it, and I racked it, and everybody's looking at me, and I was like, what? And then they all look away, and I'm like, ow, fucking everything hurts. I don't know why I did that. That was stupid. <laughs> You're trying not to limp. You're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm man, good. it's, yeah, I'm like, this is good. Everything's fine. Go fucking over there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we, uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that about, like, doing the things that you suck at. And I, it's, it's almost like being brand new in the gym again because, like, I suck at everything i did a set of fucking 10 on on just simple like yoke bar squats the other day and i thought i was i was like this this isn't good i was like have i been in the hospital like what the fuck have i been doing for the last year of my life but i know like when i get you know when i get back into gear when i do all that shit it'll be it'll be better but do you have any sort of and i kind of want to lead this into your the, the conjugate seminar that you just did do you have any like staples in terms of volume or, or exercise selection to kind of bridge that gap? You said like a month without a bar in your back. What, what sort of things would you be doing in that time? Um, just swap out your, your real taxing stuff for easier things. Um, you know, like belt squat instead of squat, make belt squat your main movement. Or if you have a leg press or you can do like, you know, lunges are probably going to kick your ass. So oh, you can God, make, yeah. you know, you could make a single leg variation, not your max effort, but put it in that lane, hit sets of even 10 or six or whatever, and then go mm -hmm. on to like your normal, less taxing accessories, you know, stuff like that. You can plug in sled for some stuff. Um, just like I said, make it easier. You know what I mean? Like you're going to suck at those things because you haven't done them for a while. Mm -hmm. But, um, but it's, they're going to be hard because you haven't done them for a while, you know, but it's, it's give it, give yourself a break and, and kind of take the pounding off your body for a while. Yeah. I was, I was chatting with Dave, uh, before I left Ohio at Swiss and, uh, I was just kind of chatting about like what to do. Actually it was, it was when I was, it was post meet. So it was the day after my, I fucking bombed out like a terrorist. And, uh, <laughs> 
I, so I was chatting with him and he said about like six weeks or so, just kind of give yourself some time to kind of just reacclimate. And it's funny because the duration of time, I don't think matters as much as how you feel when you're training is like, you almost want to get back to the point where the things that you're doing don't suck nearly as bad. And then you can kind of start transferring back to, to some of the more, uh, you know, uh, specific things for, for that sort of training. And again, I, I mean, I'm sure if I was handling heavier loads, if I was squatting in the thousands, it would probably be like eight weeks, maybe even 10 weeks, like of, of really just trying to back off away from the heavier shit. But I think a good rule of thumb, and I would love to get your opinion on it is as soon as you don't hate going into the gym, <laughs> as soon as you're not bored or you're like, Oh, I feel pretty good at this stuff. Then you can kind of make that shift back into some of the heavier stuff. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I never thought about that, but that's probably a good guideline. Yeah, if, you know, when you're starting to want to go do the harder shit again and, you know, because, you, you know, after a meet or whatever, you're just like, uh, I got to go do this. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, it's probably going to be about four to six weeks where you kind of start to acclimate to the higher reps and the, you know, that other stuff. And you're going to kind of be recharged. That's always was always kind of my guideline for deloads. Like when I would get to the point, like there's always going to be days where you don't feel like going in, but you like you start stacking up two, three, you know, two weeks straight of, oh, this fucking sucks. I don't want to do, you know, that's where I was always kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to deload and maybe not even do anything mm-hmm. this week. You know, when that, when that motivation starts to, starts to wean a little bit, it might be, it might be time to get out of there for a while. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, it's funny because it sounds like we're very similar. Is like right after a meet, our body's like, all right, well, now we're going to crash. Now we're just going to fucking go to shit. And now we are just going to, you know, I, I, I tend to get sick. Like I really like I either get like the flu or like a crazy cold and I am on my ass. And it's it, there is a point where I'm like, huh, maybe maybe I did something wrong in my training <laughs> to get to that point as to why my body is like just coming off, you know, just losing wheels around the, around the turns on these. But it it is funny to see, to, to have these conversations with people that have done it. And it's like, they kind of run into the same thing. It's like you, you hammer the gas pedal for so long, like you need to tap the brakes. You need to give yourself some time to recharge and kind of you know, decompress here a little bit. And one of the things that you do very well is, is having a garage setup. granted, like you have awesome stuff from elite, but you come up with some awesome variations that you progress and that you incorporate over the course of time. And, and it's, it's been really cool to see your training is like, you're, it's like you were just like poking fun at yourself. Like at, like when you were at elite, you're like, ah, oh, this is fucking children's weight, blah, blah, blah. But it's cool to see that progress every single week. And I think that has something to do with, with just realizing that progress is progress, regardless of what you're doing is like, if this thing you, you suck at, like for me, the first thing I knew I needed to do is to get some fucking deep ass squats with a yoke bar on my back and just get used to loading my quads more essentially. Cause everything in strongman is, is close stance pretty quad dominant. Right. And it's like, I got to get back into that position. And the only way to do that is to do it. And I'm seeing variations that you're doing and it's fucking cool to see like week in week out, you're just loading it up more and more and more and you're able to handle more and more. And it's how, it's how quickly your body kind of responds to that. And I think 
as someone that has been going for obviously one rep maxes and PRs and shit, it's, it's hard to see a lesser weight on the bar and have you not just be like, fuck this. I'm done. I'm playing chess instead. This shit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of been tough. I haven't I got some kind of nerve issues going on that I think I'm starting to figure mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of, I stole this from Dave and Donnie a little bit. Like they talked about using variations that you're not sure where you're actually at with them. Because like Donnie said, he would put so much all this chain and shit on the bar. So he wasn't really sure what he was lifting. And I'm kind of the same way. Cause I know I'll start and I still do it. I still kind of calculate, well, this chain and that should equal this. And I should be able to actually squat. So it's just like, do, kind of do the weird shit, you know, make it fun. And then, um, just try to add a little bit each week. And just as long as I'm chipping along and in some way making some progress, I'm good with it. You know, that's, yeah, that's kind absolutely. of been the big thing. Cause my problem in the past is I always like, I knew something was going on with my leg and stuff. And then I was like, Oh, there's a meet six months from now. Well, if I do this and this and this, I'll be ready to go. So let's fucking go. And then, you know, I repeat that over the course of three years, put yourself in a hole. Cause you're not doing the shit you should be doing where now it's just, you know, I've, I've actually figured out, you know, my warm up and my accessories are more important than what my, my max effort movement is. So I'm just, what I do is I just, um, I'm just using the max effort movement for like tissue tolerance. So like mm-hmm. with this hamstring, it feels like it wants to rip off half the time. So it's like, okay, this week I got 155 on the bar and I got through my speed sets. I kind of switched that out for max effort or I was able to do 300 on a pull. So next week mm-hmm. I'm hoping I get up to 310 before it starts feeling like shit. Just kind of, and then build the strength up with the accessory stuff because that's not too tat, you know, that's doing RDLs with 225 or whatever. That's okay. It doesn't feel like it's going to pop off or whatever. So just slowly creeping along and not not having that meat in the back of my mind has really helped me not want to fucking hang myself with a jump stretch. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, 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 really I, yeah. <laughs> no I, I fucking feel that, right? Like it's, you have to really break it down into understanding in, and Seth Albersworth does a really good job of this when it comes to like rehab stuff too, is it, yeah. like he blew his adductor off. Like he was, he was in rough shape, but man, like now he's, he's back to squatting because he was just he took a step back far enough and realized like, okay, I can only do this and this before the pain sets in. I can only do this and this without it hurting. It's like, then he just kind of builds up his pain free, like you said, tissue tolerance. And he just kind of just keeps doing that for a while. And then he can like, as the dust settles, I kind of look back and realize how far he's gotten. And it's like, oh shit, he's squatting again. Like he's full range squatting, doing whatever he needs to do when he was in a fucking puddle a couple months ago. You know, so that's, it's huge how quickly that body can kind of respond. And, and I think one of the, the, the things that, um, that you've done well, and and I think the conjugate system has done well, and I want to get into the seminar that you've done is like you had mentioned earlier, that rotating of exercises of understanding what a weakness is and actually attacking it. So you, it was, you're a couple weeks out from that seminar. Was that last week or the week before or a couple uh, weeks Two weekends ago, I think. No. Now, how did that whole conjugate coaches seminar kind of start? What, what's the background on that? 
Um, Khalil Sherrod, who was a trainer down at the rack in Atlanta, um, kind of started it three years ago, just reached out to a bunch of people who kind of trained the same way. And, you know, was like, Hey, you want to get together and we'll do a seminar and hang out and, you know, pick each other's brains and stuff. And that's basically how it started. Um, I didn't go the first year. Uh, and then I went last year and then this year too. It's, I would like to get a lot more people there. Um, cause I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm learning good stuff from everybody. And it's not just cause we, you know, blow smoke each up each other's ass. Cause we all, <laughs> we all like the same training system. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, there's really honestly good information, no matter how you train. Like I learned something from everybody and you don't, you don't always get that at seminars. You know, I, there's, I'm like, it's a shame. There's not more people here. So I think we need to kind of probably have, I like even myself, I didn't start posting till late about it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was it was good. Everybody's got good information, and, and and it was you know it's it's good to kind of get people together that think the same way and uh, realize you're not a total freak, <laughs> right? <laughs> in the way that right. you think, you know, you you start questioning yourself like, am I the crazy person? You know, because I think this, and then it's like, oh, we got got some more like-minded people, so that's always good too. Well, it's it's funny too because I was uh, talking to a couple of coaches, uh, some younger coaches that are kind of just kind of getting into the the rhythm of things, and coaching at a collegiate level or, or really anything in terms of athletes or whatever is a super lonely position, right? Like if you don't have like a director above you kind of calling the shots, like you're like at a, like a D two school, D three school, like you're you're running the show by yourself. And it's like, you don't have anybody to bounce those ideas off of. And you just have a couple hundred athletes and it's like, okay, make them better. It's like, oh, fuck. And I think we talked to this about this on the, on the fucking first time we recorded this shit. And, uh, it's, it's one of those things where the, the program only matters to the people doing it, the location, you know, who you have walking into the weight room at that time. And I think that's the coolest thing about conjugate in general is that you can really form a really solid program that makes everybody better based on what you have access to in terms of equipment, what you have access to in terms of the types of athletes that you work with, their sport, you know, their weaknesses, uh, schedules, timing, all of that. And I think a lot of people need to look deeper into conjugate as a real sort of, uh, training modality for everybody, because it's, it's kind of sprinkled into what everybody does, right? Like a lot of the people at the the college level are looking at like, like Cal Dietz, for example, he runs a conjugate program. Like he really does. He kind of breaks things down into like max effort things and this, like he breaks things down into how, how long you do an exercise for, and he changes things and he varies things and he's always hammering weaknesses. So it's like, you can look at any of these top coaches and see conjugate kind of running through it. I mean, fucking Cressy runs conjugate programs for his baseball guys. Like it's, it's everywhere. And it's, I think people still have this thought process that it's like, oh, it's just bands and chains and fucking, gear and this and that. And it's, it has nothing to do with that shit. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, it's, it's all the other stuff. And like almost, almost all, pro, all programming has some hints of conjugate in there, mm. you know, and it, it's just, it's, it's, it's not what Louie does, but it's more widely used, I think, than we realize, mm. you know, and it, it, like you said, it's so, so malleable that it has to be, we have all these like 
when you sit down to write a program, like you have all these goals and peak for this and neural prime that, but like you, you hit on the things that really matter is your facility, how many racks you have, what equipment you have, what time you have. And then there's the ability of your kids or your athletes or whatever, like those, those are the things that really dictate your training. You know, you have to fill all those holes before you start worrying about neuromuscular facilitation, primal fucking all this other shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, and you take note of that and, and conjugate you, uh, you mentioned, I think it was women, was it swimmers? And how would like a max effort movement for them looks way different than it does for your throwers, but the intent is the same. And that's something that you, you preach on in the book as well is is understanding the intent behind a, a movement or an exercise or a, a portion of training is like, if the intent is to move something heavy, then that's wildly subjective to who you're working with, right? Like it's max effort for somebody could be a fucking set of five, could be a set of 10, it could be a single, it could be whatever that is. But the the cool part is, is, is where the good coach comes out is like understanding how you implement that intent over the course of time to lead them to that success over the season, over the year, over the, the four years that they're in school, right? So I think having that seminar that you guys do is super, super important. And I fucking wish I could have made it this year. I'll definitely have to go next year. And because it is, it is important to not only hear how like the basics are done in the conjugate system, but how people are implementing it. Because there are so many times where I'm listening to a coach like yourself, or uh, I was talking to like when we had that seminar uh, at Friends University. I was I was uh, talking to Joe over there. I'm like, oh, you implemented like this. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. I'm going to do that with this because I have access to this machine. I have access to this. I'm going to try. And it's just this like sharing of ideas, which I think is the best part of any seminar is, is like, is the conversations that you have in between the presentations that you can really use to implement for your weight room, your athletes, your situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, you know, and coming back from Swiss, same thing, like you have to get so many ideas and a lot of times you just get reminded of shit that you used to do that worked real well that you completely forgot about like oh damn we used to do this and it worked well and you know it's you don't you don't there's a ton of information out there but you don't you don't i think you probably get like 60 percent of that hmm. online it, whereas to you go you know you go and talk to guys and coaches and stuff and the and the, just the motivation to do more stuff you know, you hear about this person's doing this and this and this, and you're like, I better pick my shit up. You know what I mean? Just like, like when we went, got down there and trained together, I was like, oh, fuck, man. I'm, you know, I need to train harder when I'm by myself because I know I'm not pushing myself as, as much as I am when there's these guys around, you know? Oh, absolutely. It makes, it makes it, a huge it, difference. Huge difference. And, it, and it's funny you say that because it was the comment you said about like uh, when you go down there, you figure out that you're not this crazy person. And it's like, Every time I get around other coaches that are doing the thing at a higher level, I'm like, okay, I'm, I am focusing on the right things. It doesn't, it, and the, the best training really isn't flashy. Like it really isn't. It's the basic shit done with clear intent. And an, another conversation that we had that is, I think is super important for people to hear is like, are you making sure that they're actually squatting well? Are you making sure that they are, you know, or have the intent that they need to, or that they're focused up and, and like I was, I was telling you is like, I know my track team 
are a bunch of fucking airheads. I love them to death, but like they are just bouncy and flighty. And it's like, all right, I got them. I, I put a warm up in that has nothing to do with anything other than getting them to fucking focus and to get into before they get to their main lift. Right. I really, that is the, like the only reason they're in there, they're coming from practice. So they're already like primed and ready to go. But like that 10 minute walk from the indoor, indoor track facility to the weight room, all of a sudden their brain goes out of their ass and they're bouncing around and it's like, okay, we got to do some things to like get them back into training mode. Right. And I don't blame them. Like they're college kids. They have finals coming up. They got all this shit going on. So it's like, it's like bartering with a toddler. Sometimes it's like, okay, if you do this, then we can have snack time at the end. Right. Like it's, it's like the red pajamas or the blue pajamas. I don't give a shit what color it is because we're going to be wearing pajamas. It's one of those situations where it's like, you just have to know the room and know the people that you're working with. And that's something that I would love to hear about from the other coaches at the conjugate seminar is like, how do you get them first off to buy in? Because my rowers, for example, we threw chains on a squat the other day. They fucking loved it. My track athletes fucking hated it, hated it. So it's like, huh? Interesting. You can have a variation that you need to change based on even the attitudes of the people that you're working with. If they're not bought into that exercise, why would you fucking keep force feeding it down their throat? If you can get the same response from something else, right? Yeah, hundred percent. You, um, we spent a good amount of time talking about this because last year there was kind of a, a tone of, and I completely understand. I've been there. Um, a lot of people are like, "Why don't more people train conjugate? You know, it works so well." And it's it's just our enthusiasm for it coming out, right? Like, why don't you do this? Like, we want to help people get better. And um, so we actually had quite a talk about this. And one. Um, uh, who was it? I want to say it was Alex. Um, he said, we got to, we have to sell them the vacation, not the road trip there. So yeah, like right. for us, we love the road trip. We like the training and stuff. You know what I mean? He so like leave conjugate out of it. I, I said, maybe we need to treat conjugate like fight club. Like no one talks about fight club. You know what I mean? It's just right, there right. and you know about it. Like, don't say like, just tell them they're going to feel better. They're going to perform better in three weeks. Their aches and pains are going to be gone you know, that type of thing. Um, so we were kind of talking about, you know, the messaging being a little bit better. Uh, you know, hope, hopefully that would help. But that was, we we went on with that for quite a while. Uh, and it's funny, you bring up your track kids. I've said this over and over, like college athletes is like uh, elementary phys ed, mm-hmm. right? You get them in the gym and then, okay, go crazy for five minutes to get all their uh, zoomies out. Right. And then you bring them in (laughs) and then you're like, okay, this is our bar today. Mm -hmm. You are not allowed to use this as a weapon. You know what I mean? You know, you have to go over all this (laughs) stupid safety bullshit and then you can finally start working out. But it's, Hmm. there's a lot of parallels there. Yeah. And it's funny because, uh, it was the other day I was having a conversation. So the, the sprinters are, are, uh, my sprinters are, they're going through some transitionary stuff with, with their, their head coach and like, just kind of their programming for tracks specific, uh, like running and stuff is they, they, they feel like they want to go faster. Of course, like sprinters want to go faster all the time. They just want to go faster and faster and faster. And they think that's how that goes. And so they're like, yeah, I don't know. I just like, in one of them, I heard them talking off in the distance. It was just like, 
yeah, I think all this lifting is making this slower. I was like, okay. I was like, uh, 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 okay, cool. <laughs> so I walked up, I walked over. I was like, all right, so we're going to, we're going to modify how you guys do this variation today. And it was, I didn't change the weight. I didn't change the percentage. I didn't change anything. I go, all right, so this is a split squat variation. I want you to think every step you're starting a sprint at like every rep is like the first step of a sprint. How would you put that energy into the bar? They're like, you'd go fast. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to go fast. <clears throat> so we were, we were kind of going through it and I was coaching them up. I spent a little bit extra time with them that day. And I was just like, all right, build tension and then fucking fire explode. Like put that intention into the bar. And all of a sudden they were like, wow, this is way different. I was like, ah, that's so cool. Like that's, that's cool that you guys unlocked this secret truth in yourselves. This is great. But it was awesome to see because it was like all of a sudden the buy-in was there and you would just hear them just like snap, snap. Like they were just fucking hitting it hard. <clears throat> and then they, they were like, oh, I just like feel better. I just feel good. Like I just feel powerful. I'm like, oh, that's, you lifted the same weight. That's pretty cool how that, that how that works. But it is. <laughs> Thanks for finally doing this shit. I told you to do all semester. Yeah, Congrats. Right. Uh, and, and one of the things that I, I find is, is it's hard, like with the conjugate mindset, the constant idea of variation, right? That's what's one of the, the, the things that, that people tend to do a lot with conjugate. But I'm finding, like you had said at the collegiate level, is like I've been keeping some things in there for a long time, like a lot longer, just so they understand how to fucking do it. And now it's been six weeks, it's been eight weeks of them doing a particular variation. And if I took a picture from their first day to now, they're getting way more out of that same exercise now than they were day one. And it's like, it's only because they just practiced it. They got better at it. And the weight on the bar didn't necessarily matter as much as their execution and their intent into that exercise. And all of a sudden they're like, like jumping a little bit higher. Like everything's moving. They're stopped. They're not complaining after practice. Like hamstrings aren't bothering them as much. Like yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, cool. Like it's working. Let's continue to build and get better and stronger. And and luckily enough, we're now on Christmas break. So I get some time away. They get some time away. And we can kind of reset and recharge. Um, one thing I did want to get your opinion on, and this is a, a purely uh selfish question. Shin splints. Have you you when you were working with track athletes, how did you combat shin splints? Not I mean, you can't necessarily combat it because it's obviously a volume thing with running. It's a you know, it's there's a lot of factors that go into it, but what sort of things did you kind of put into your program? If you notice shin splints started to become an issue. Um, just like, uh, tibialis raise. Sometimes yep. we do it seated. So a band was pulling the toe away and then pull back. Um, I think ISOs with that work pretty good. And then like slow eccentrics don't go mm -hmm. crazy, but you know, do like maybe a 10 second hold and then, five reps of five second eccentric type thing yep. um to kind of i, mean, I want to say break up the tissue like i know that's not yeah, what's actually no. happening yeah, but yeah, yeah. give the the fibers a chance to lay back down without pumping a bunch of volume through because that's what got them there in the first place was over mm -hmm. volumized of that basically my understanding and thought is it's basically an overuse of the tibialis because you they haven't been running and then you, your kids are on a gym floor too, I'm guessing, or cement. Yeah. 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 So they go from doing nothing 
you know, and then the track coach blows them the fuck up when they get there, and this this is what we're dealing with. Yeah, I it, think um, I think uh, what something maybe you could do is like roll that stuff out, like tempering. Yeah, I'm sure you can't get into scraping or uh, yeah, right, any of that, but like those things, I think would help too. It is, it is funny. Like (laughs) the kids do a good job of making you either feel really stupid or like really smart. Right. When it comes to some of this stuff, like I very simple, just like golf ball on the bottom of the foot, like rolling that out a little bit, getting the feet kind of to chill out. And it was funny the other day, uh, the kind of segue into, you know, coaching the person that you have in front of you. The, the rowing team is notorious for just getting the shit kicked out of them, especially this time of year. They just get the shit kicked out of them. And so I gave them a present for the holidays and it was, I made them lay on the turf. I put, I turned the lights off and I played like fucking like rainforest sounds. Like, and I, they fell asleep and it was like the last 10 minutes and it was like, all right, we're just going to lay here. And it was as if I gave them like, the ultimate gift like they were like asleep i turned the lights back on and it looked like a civil war reenactment they were just rolling around <laughs> like they were just like covering their eyes like it was fucking cat i was like you motherfuckers need to sleep i was like you guys got to recharge you got to reset because it's like we had talked about kind of to go full circle with with the powerlifting stuff is like you hammer something for so long and you don't ever tap the brakes like you're gonna fall apart yeah yeah, that's <clears throat> the sleep th- thing is so underrated. Um, I think back in the, we had one coach who wanted to, like during summer, um, for recovery, make the girls come back in and do uh, like a forty-five minute pool session, where we would do like warm up, like dynamic warm up through the water. Uh-huh. Like this particular team hated the fucking pool, right? <laughs> and I, I was like. <laughs> Sure, you could, you know. Um, uh-huh. I'm like, if, if you want to, like, coach, honestly, if you want to help them recover, let them stay home and take a nap. Put in their schedule, like your preseason schedule, put in there, shut off lights and take a nap. But instead, we're going to spend an hour getting to and from the stadium, half hour getting dressed, 45 minutes doing this. And it's like, you're, it's not, it's not what they need. They just need some damn sleep. Yeah. And, and that's, that's that's another good, another really good point too, is, is as like a strength coach, your job is to not get them necessarily better at their sport tactically, right? Like you're not a sport coach, you're a strength coach. The idea is to get them into better shape and get them stronger and do all that. And I think we lose sight of that too, is I think we, we start, you know, talking with the sports coaches and start like really trying to, I mean, it it all starts with good intentions, right? It all starts with very good intentions of wanting to get them better. But we run into the, the, (laughs) we run into the issue of, and I think this is the best example I've ever heard. And, and Dan, who is the, the basketball coach at URI, uh, the basketball strength coach for URI sent this to me. He's like, being a strength coach is like being in control of a car and their uh, cup holders in a demolition derby. It's like, if the car crashes, it's still your fault that the cup holders got fucked up, right? Like, it was <laughs> like you have no control of the whole system, but your job remains 
All right, these, these are yours. This is your thing. If we win or lose, it's still your fault regardless. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> right? And, it's just, and it just, and I feel like that. It's, it's, it's amazing how quickly winning solves all problems, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if you have a winning record, all of a sudden it's like everything's fine. There, yep. there are no issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, a coach I know that just got let go. Um, and basically the head coach thought that the team was not in shape because they lost a few games in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're not in shape by the end. Yeah. There's no way they're not in shape by the end of the season. And I was like, I would, I got to thinking like, I'm not a tech guy. I'm not HRV, like the GPS. I've never been a huge fan of that. Mm-hmm. And kind of the reason the reason for that is I think a lot of people mess around with that stuff and then aren't sure how to adapt their training to the results they're getting. If that makes sense. yeah, you no, know? absolutely. Like <clears throat> you had a coach that wanted to do heart rate monitoring during their lifting sessions, and I was like, "You're tracking heart rate it, during a anaerobic activity." Like we're, mm. we're, we're doing masonry with a toothbrush right now. Yeah. What I told the one, the one tech person who was setting it up, you're like, sure, we're getting this data, but it doesn't, it's not affecting anything. But back to this coach, I got to thinking, is there a way, and this is kind of like to protect strength coaches, is there a marker or a way that we can track like maybe post-game metabolites or blood draw or piss test or something so we can show that, Hey, they're getting in better shape because they're producing less of this waste product or mm. whatever. Just to, you know, if we can have a marker to maybe uh, protect some of these guys from some bullshit like that, yeah. that would be a, a cool, you know, because it's like you're 10 games in, they run every day, they're not out of fucking shape. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. And, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's a constant reminder is like, okay, how do you win your sport? You put the ball in the net you, you, you put the ball over the fucking end zone, right? Like it, it's like that at the end of the day, it's like that it's a very clear way to win, right? Obviously there's a ton of variables that lead into that. There's a ton of things that we can do to kind of implement changes to make it better, whatever. But it's like, if they're not good at their sport, like if they're just fucking, they have a fucking bad team, I don't know, like how else to say it? Like what, what else can be done? It's like, they can be in the best shape of their life, but if they don't have the the technical skills to beat the teams that they're playing. Like it sounds so simple, but it really is one of those things where if you have a losing team, it's like first step is like, all right, well, well, why? Like it's so easy for, for anybody to just go down the chain and start blaming everybody else. When it's like, instead of just looking inwardly to be like, all right, what am I doing? What can I control right now to better support this team and better, get some, get some better outcomes. Right. I was looking at the, uh, and my girlfriend's, a, a from Nebraska and it's like Nebraska football is, is a whole fucking religion. And it's like how quickly, like you just see it. It's on the forefront is like teams, not winning fire the head coach. It's like, okay, like that makes more sense to me than firing the fucking strength staff. But that's the problem with firing a head coach. Usually the fucking strength coach and strength staff is next, right? Like that's right. kind of the same thing, but it's, it's interesting to see. It's like, 
obviously with so much money on the line, like you don't want to be like, eh, this year kind of sucks. We'll get him next year. Right. But there is a certain point where it's like, yeah, we're just not that good. We're just not that good. <laughs> right. Right. And it, all coaches need to be held accountable. I, I agree with that. But if you think about the whole dynamic of it, mm-hmm. you're, you have this head coach who I'm sure preaches accountability and high standards and ownership and all these things to his athletes all day, every day. And yep. then same guy comes back and says, we're out of shape. You're out of here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, it's kind of, kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's always my favorite when that's coming from an overweight, out of shape <laughs> coach. <laughs> it's like a whole, a whole different issue. It's like, you can't even yeah. fucking bend down and tie your shoes without fucking needing an inhaler. And then you're telling me I'm out of, I'm out of, I'm fucking out of shape. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. It's, I guess round is a shape. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had this conversation with a few groups of people in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, you know, you guys can step up and be leaders and hold your teammates accountable. But you, if you're going to be that guy, you can't have any chinks in your armor. Cause as you soon know. as you say something, so-and-so is going to say, fuck you. You skipped two sets of this last week. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's, it's funny you bring that up. It's a reoccurring uh, theme. It, for sure. And, and it's wild to see. I mean, one of the cool things that I've seen at URI is that the, the coaches, like the sport coaches get in and they get some fucking work done, like while their athletes are there. Like it's a cool, it's a cool environment. It's not every team, but there are some teams that come in and, and clang and bang with the athletes, which is cool. I love that. Yep. Our fucking athletic director he comes in like the president of the university will have like 5 a.m. fucking workouts where he just wants to hit arms. You know what I mean? Just like shit like that. Like yeah. it's, it's just, it, it makes such a difference that it's like, if this is going to be a priority for the athletes, like it should be a priority for everybody involved, right? Like if, if the weight room is such a big deal and conditioning and, and being ready is such a big deal, it's like, Hey man, game day. Maybe you just got to fucking, you know, get some work in before that. You know, it's not just like a once a week thing for, for, for coaches to roll up and, you know, rah, rah and do the thing. It's like, maybe you show up too and throw some of these fucking weights around and do some of the stuff that we're doing, because then they may even have a better idea of like what in shape is right. Because I I think they don't have a very clear definition of what even that, that is that they're looking for, you know, and, and I, man, the more I go back and see the your videos of the shit sport coaches say, man, the more it just fucking just knocks me on my ass because it's so funny. It's so accurate because it's it, it's like they're shooting for a target where they don't know where the target is and they don't know what the target looks like, but they're going to shoot for it. They're going to shoot for it with this statement of being out of shape, right? Yeah, yeah. You're right, man. Like Kids love that shit. When they see coach... And they're and it does the coaches don't have to squat 500 pounds, but if you're in there kind of doing the same things, they there's mm-hmm. that creates a bond in that community stuff, and they they will follow you more. It's it's that simple, you know. But um, yeah. it, it's crazy. Yeah, and it and it's funny because like I think one of the coolest things I've seen this year was I think it was either I think it was football. I'm not entirely sure. I forgot the sport. It was early on. It was like in September. 
it was the coaches came in, trained with the athletes, and you could see the next day that the coaches were sore as fuck. Like they were hobbling around and the athletes would fucking loved it because they knew like they know what they're going through. They know what they're doing. And it's like, oh fuck, this is this is hard. This is not an easy thing. And and they're doing the right thing and they're getting out there and getting after it. So yeah, I, I think having that personal accountability to to, you know, be competitive in whatever nature, you know, it does like you said, they don't have to squat five hundred pounds. But if they have that drive to get better and better, I mean, I personally think that if you're a strength coach, you got to come, you got to fucking compete in something. Like if you're going to call yourself a strength coach, you have to know how to be strong. You have to, you know, do something strength related, um, it, to really be able to call yourself that. And it, it drives me nuts when you see someone's like, I'm a strength coach. It's like you squat what, <laughs> or you don't squat. <laughs> like that's incredible. <laughs> no, I, don't really, I don't really like to lift. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. What the fuck just happened? How, how the fuck are you supposed to convince these kids to live that? No shit. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And they know. They know what's up. <laughs> that's that's uh, one thing that surprises me is how dumb some coaches think these like college kids kids are. Mm-hmm. You, like it, the like if I had and I know there was certain like I know they're clowning on me behind my back. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know I say something fucking stupid and they, they're walking out of the room talking sh- like, yeah, but there are some coaches that have no fucking clue the lack of respect their kids have for them. I'm just uh-huh. like, are you fucking, how do you get these kids here to fucking play for you? Like, unreal. <laughs> must be it's a damn good unreal. used car salesman. <laughs> yeah. Drinking that snake oil. <laughs> yeah. Just like, holy shit. Uh, unbelievable, man. But yeah, so we've been going for a little bit over an hour. Nate, I got, I mean, man, can't thank you enough for jumping on again. Uh, fingers crossed that this fucking records. That would be really fucking sweet if it did. If it's not, if it doesn't, I'm doing this in person. I'm just fucking driving your house and we're doing this in person because I'm sick of this shit. Fucking sick of it. I'm sick of fucking technology. Uh, but, uh, any last words, anything that you're working on? I know you're, you're looking to take on some clients, uh, remotely, which is super cool. We want to talk about that yeah, for a few I'm, minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I was doing this earlier on and then the whole pandemic thing hit and we got crazy busy with calls and it was just, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of getting back to where my brain is working right and stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, just um, online coaching. We, we send you the workouts for go week by week, see how things go. Send me videos back, I analyze them. Um, make sure you're, to me, your form is 90% of the battle. Um, and I, w- I was hesitant to really, honestly, I was hesitant to start doing this back when I first started. And then I kind of, I was thinking about, it, I was like, if I could have had somebody like get my form right the way, you know, that you can with video, it's not as good as in person, obviously, but sure. It can make a ton of difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm trying, trying to get that going. Um, and then we just go like four week blocks. You know, and then obviously anything else you need, uh, just give me a call or text or whatever and set it up that way. Yeah. Um, are you are you still doing the? Uh, obviously, you're still working with Waverly, but are you opening that up to other schools that may be interested in like getting some sort of consult or anything with you about programming about any of that? Yeah. So that that basically works the same way. Like I'll come down and do uh, like a two day assessment. Um, we'll see what's going on, and then we educate the coaches and the players. Uh, and then while I'm gone the coaches have to carry out, you know, what we taught them and went over and Waverly's 
done an awesome job with that. Um, mm. Their kids are really, we're at a point with them, we're young and we're kind of teaching them what it takes to like train harder. And they'll do it too, because they I've seen them play. Like they're, they're, they're studs on the field. We just have to kind of take that to the weight room. Um, but like technique wise, those guys have done an awesome job. So yeah, like we kind of educate the coaches and then, I, you know, we'll kind of re-up that every four weeks. I'll come down, assess, write the workouts for the next month. Same thing. I am trying to do more of that too. Um, then my YouTube channel, I'm trying to build that up. I was, mm-hmm. I was over there messing around. I have like 300 videos of, you know, different technique stuff. Um, it's awesome. Kinda, it's like, know, like a, it's like a really cool library. Yeah. It's like a library yeah, I mean, of uh, really good stuff. Yep. So that I'm trying to get that going too. So a lot of shit going on, man. <laughs> it's hard to be a fucking rock star. <laughs> but Nate, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I appreciate not only you jumping on, but also just the information that you put out is is wildly just so important for coaches to see and, and coaches to kind of implement as well as you know athletes that are looking to really kind of understand how to actually get strong, how to actually get better. And, uh, no, I, I appreciate the work that you do and I appreciate you jumping on anytime, man. <laughs> I will, yeah. I'll do it anytime. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully well, as soon as, we <laughs> as soon as I press this button, we'll fucking be able to see. So, uh, <laughs> hope, fingers crossed. Here we go. 